Good morning. Good morning. Are you guys excited about 2018? Yeah. All right. Hon, we should have put the disco ball up. You know, this used to be a club, right? We turn up in here. <laughs> uh, so excited to have you guys here. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Pastor Jose. I'm the lead pastor here, and we welcome you to Church at the Bridge. Um, how was your Christmas? Had a good Christmas? I want you guys to track with me for a moment. I want you to envision this, right? So put on your, your, your imagination cap, right? I want you to envision that you are getting that gift. Now, some of you, you know what gifts you're getting. You know what's in the box already, but you act, you act surprised, right? right? So that kind of excitement, right? So you're really excited about the gift, right? And uh, I don't know, for some of you ladies, it's a pair of shoes. You know, maybe it's the upgrade on the ring, some of you guys, I don't know, maybe it's the keys to a new car, I, I, whatever, right? I want you to just let your mind go there. And as you're opening this gift, right, you open it up. So ladies, for those of you that are looking forward to that new uh, bag or something, your, uh, your coach bag or whatever, you open it up and it is this old, decrepit, tore up gift, whatever it is that you wanted. How many of you would be excited about that? None of you, right? Okay, I'm in the right church. Let me, tell you, let me tell you why I'm pointing that. I wanted to start off with that this morning because the Bible talks about us having a new life, a new life, not an old one, not one that's past, but a new life, a new life that is here now, right? We're starting a new series this uh, month, entitled, actually today, into the new year, entitled All Things New, All Things New. And I want you to begin to wrap your head around this idea. It's a very simple one that what God has done in Christ is new. It's not according to what we thought we knew about God. It's not according to what you've been told about God. It's not according to what you've experienced about God. Now, I get it. We've had some good experiences with God. But the Bible says that we go from faith to faith. The Bible talks about us going from one experience, one step in faith to the next step in faith. We should always be taking steps in faith. The Bible puts it this way. It says that God directs the steps of the just. There are some of us that we're looking for direction coming into this new year. You're considering that change. You're, you're having some, some life experience changes. Maybe you've got kids. Maybe you're in a new marriage. Maybe you're stepping into a career. Maybe you're seeking more of whatever it is. Just understand this, that you can't expect direction from God if you're not taking steps. And so today, I want you to consider and open your mind, whether you know Jesus or not, to consider the fact that what God did in Christ was something brand new. But it's a new that doesn't get old. And this is where many of us at times can miss it in terms of our relationship with God. We defer to our old experiences. We defer to what we've been told about God. We defer to the tragedies of life. We defer to the challenges of life. We defer to what, we, what we've concluded in our life because something didn't work out, whatever. And in the midst of that, what we fail to realize is that we limit the possibility of experience and experiencing abundant, an abundant life that Jesus said he came to give us. Amen. And so I want to challenge you to open your heart Maybe for some of us, we came here and this is how we approach it. That's okay. It's all right. I want you to consider what Jesus came to give you and I. And so the new years, the new year carries with it a sense of hope. It brings to the forefront of our minds that we're leaving a year behind. 
I want you to think about this. Anything that's new that we seek to possess, that we seek to embrace, it's at the expense of something that we either didn't have or something old for something new. Consider that. How many of you go and trade an old car for one that looks worse than the one you got? No, you're not doing that, right? You want something better, right? Maybe it's not new, new, but it's an upgrade. We're always seeking something new. And in Christ, we have that. And I want you to think about this as you step into 2018. That yes, we get excited about a new year because it carries with it the hope of something new, something different, new experiences, new things, new beginnings maybe. And for some of us, that resonates with us because we want something different. We want something new. We want something life-changing. We want something outside the box of what we've known. That's great. And for some of us, that causes us to, you know, feel a little trepidation, to, to kind of pause, to go, wait, I don't want change. I'm not comfortable with change. I'm all right, right where I am in my box, in my comfort zone. If that's where you're at, I, I can relate to that too. Uh, it's funny, but yesterday uh, I was reflecting upon uh, how this all began. A friend of mine who used to play basketball professionally overseas for many years, uh, sent me a, he tagged me and my wife in a message on Facebook. And you know how you get one of those memories, right? It tells you, oh, your memory from four years ago, whatever. I guess that was one of those for him. And he tagged us on it and sent it to us. And basically what he was remembering and he was drawing us to remember was when we left ministry um, as youth pastors over four years ago. And when we took that step, I got to be honest with you, that was scary, not scary in the sense of fear, scary in the sense of what's next. I don't know. I can't see all the details, and I want to know all the details. Maybe, maybe that's where you may be. It's okay. You're wondering, how is this all going to work? But that brought me back to a place yesterday where I said, Lord, we started, and all we knew was that you were, you were reminding and recalling us back to a day when you told us one day, you will go into the city of Newburgh and you will bring the gospel and you will bring change and you will be my vessels. You will do great things because you will lead a people that will build the body and that body will build the church. I'm not talking about a congregation. I'm not talking about increasing in numbers. Numbers matter, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is a people that are growing and maturing in a relationship with God, in the knowledge of Jesus, walking in the power and authority of all that God says and reaching people and loving people and so as i was reflecting upon that i was remembering how when we took this step we there was no guarantees on anything there wasn't even a paycheck that we were counting on there was nothing we didn't even have a congregation we started in our home we said january 5th this is when we're doing it and we we, we didn't go on social media or anything and my sister-in-law who was living in the city shows up i didn't even know she knew uh, uh, Sandra, who, who functions first service, came, and she was at our house. Annette came. Uh, Monique, who's not here today, came. Um, and just and Jeff and, and, and Xiomara and their family and their kids. And our living room was where we did service. My TV was where we projected the, the scriptures. Uh, my son's room was our kids' department. Our kitchen was our cafe area. <laughs> and we just said, you know what? We just know that God called us and we're just going to take this step. And we started with 12 people in three weeks, was up to 30 people. And before you knew it, we were at 
the Hudson Valley Hotel and Conference Center. And, and we were there and we outgrew every room there and then we landed in this building. And slowly but surely over these last two and a half going to three years, it's continued to grow. And as we're looking, as I, as I was reflecting on all that, I was just saying, Lord, I took a step with the promise of something new. Something different. Something I've never seen. Something I've never known. Hey, if you've been trying to fit God in a box or trying to understand God with your own reason, just understand this about God. Believer or non-believer, that the Bible says this, and this is the truth, that his ways are not ours. His thoughts are not ours. Why is that important? Why is that an exciting scripture to, to wrap our head and heart around? Because in the unknown is where new beginnings are, where new opportunities are where you can discover a life with God that far exceeds what you think you've known, what religion has taught you. It's something greater. It's an abundant life in Christ. Wow, that was quite a mouthful. <laughs> and that's not even in my notes. But uh, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I want to look at verses 14 through 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 14, says, For Christ's love compels us. I want you to see something about the love of God as we get started here today and as we start this new series, that the love of God, what God did in Christ, is something that causes us to be drawn out. It creates an expectation. It propels us in a direction. And let me just clarify this for you, that the direction that God is calling you and I to is forward. It's not backwards. It's not to the left. It's not to the right. It's forward. It's forward. It's the goodness of God. It's the blessing of God. And so it says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And so what I want you to begin to see is that the love of God, that love which draws us out is for all. Jesus died for all mankind. There was a penalty that all men were guilty of. And the, the beauty of, of the love of God and, and the message of the gospel is that God did something that we were incapable or, or, and were, are unable to pay for. He paid the ultimate price, a price that he wasn't even uh, supposed to pay, that we were supposed to pay. He did his best and he gave his best for our very worst. And so the Bible says that therefore all died. And it says, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. In other words, we should no longer live according to what we know or understand. But for him who died for them and was raised again. So watch this in verse 16. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. In other words, we shouldn't be looking at this according to what we understand in our own limited reason. He says, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Verse 17 is the kicker. It says, therefore, in other words, because of what we just read, because of this truth that, the, that God has established, says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, watch this, the new creation has come. Now, I just want to pause there because that term new creation there in the original language is important because it doesn't just speak about something new that fades and goes old. 
It talks about a new species of being. Something never seen, something never experienced, something never lived, something never known. That's what God has done by Christ for all of us. And that is a life that is available unto us all. Now, for some of you might be saying, oh, I believe in Jesus, that life is mine. My question is, are you experiencing the new or are you settling for the old? And if you don't know Jesus, then here's my question to you. Are you comfortable with normal? Are you comfortable with acceptable? Are you comfortable with the life you're living, the challenges you're experiencing? Are you comfortable meandering through life, just kind of moseying along, going with the flow, or would you dare to experience a love of God and a relationship with God that will open a new life to you? Something better. Listen, we don't have to settle for the relationships and, the, and, and what we've come to know to be family. It can get better. We don't have to settle for hurt and unforgiveness. We can experience the forgiveness of God and learn to forgive. We can experience healing. We can experience peace. We can experience love. That's all available in Christ right now right now and so notice that verse 17 says therefore if anyone is in christ the new creation has come the old has gone the new is here it's here hey let me put it to you this way the new is now the new is present the new is available all that god desires for you is available right now The question is, will we embrace it? Will we believe that God is that good? Will we accept that God is for us to that extent? Listen, I grew up in church with an understanding that God loved me, but that I was going to hell every week because I went to the movies, because my mother wore pants one day instead of a skirt because she put on makeup. Listen, I'm not knocking people, but what I'm saying is that we take relationship with God and we deduce it, we, we bring it down, we dumb it down to behavior, to rituals, to, to doctrines created by men. And the thing is this, that they don't produce the life of God. If your understanding of a relationship with God is, well, I'm loved by God, but by God, I'm just waiting for the sweet by and by. If all you think a relationship with God is about uh, getting to heaven or just being forgiven, then you're missing what happened after the cross. You're missing that there's a new life available to you. You're missing that your forgiveness brings you a relationship with God, that you can access God, that you can walk in the blessing of God, that you can see healing in your home, that you can see restoration in your relationships, that that child who's bugging out right now will come back because God is faithful and because God is good and because God is for you, that you can succeed and that you can prosper and be successful in all things because God is for you and not against you. These scriptures, verse 17 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, is usually referred to by many people as uh, uh, that scripture where we go, yes, I'm a new creation. But we must realize that in context, this is why we read from verse 14 to 17, it's available because of what Jesus did for all. And here's what I want you to realize today. Whether you know Jesus or not as your Lord and Savior, you qualify for a new life. God loves you that much. God is for you, and he beckons you to know him 
intimately, beyond a weekly attendance, beyond the invitation of a family member, beyond what you think you know about God. There's more to know and see. There's a new life available. I want you to begin to embrace the idea, the truth that this new life brings with it new experiences, that it affords you new beginnings, that it promises significant life change. Maybe the change that you're seeking, maybe the change that you're seeking that you don't know you're seeking and can only be found in God. It's available and it's possible right now. It's the life you have right now available because of Christ. See, God did not give his best in Christ for us to settle for less than new life new life. For some, life in Christ has become old and even stale. It's just another part of our lives. It's just something else to do. If that's where you find yourself today, let me suggest to you that while you have new life, maybe you're not fully appreciating your life in Christ right now because that new life never gets old. It never gets old. It's always new. You know what's one thing that I love about my marriage with my wife? That every day, somehow I come to the conclusion that I think I got to figure it out. And every day I I find out I don't. There's a new dimension to her. It's like there's a new beginning every day. I'm learning constantly what she likes. I'm learning constantly how to better communicate with her. I'm learning constantly how to listen to her, guys, hint, hint, right? To listen to a greater extent. I'm learning to enjoy my relationship, uh, our time together in different ways. I'm constantly learning. That's what love is really all about. And to to, 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 uh, uh, widen the scope in perspective, that's what a relationship with God is all about. That's what a new life in Christ is all about. It's something new. It's something different to discover every single day. Every single day. And so I want to invite you today to consider this one thought, to wrap your head and your heart around this and to really consider that that if we're really to enjoy something new and we're really to enjoy new life in Christ, then it takes us stepping out of the old so that we can step into new life. Listen, if any of us just desire change at any level, it requires letting go of something that we've known. It requires that. We should do that. And that's the invitation of God. Let go of what you think you know. Let go of where you've been. Let go of your hurts. Let go of of how you fit me into your box. Let, Let go of the victories of yesterday. Don't forget them, but let go of them because there's a new thing that I'm constantly doing. I'm inviting you to see me work in your life in different ways and new ways. And so we gotta step out of the old so that we can step into the new, so that we can step into a new life. Let's look at the words of Jesus, if you'll join me for a minute, in the book of Matthew chapter 9. Matthew 9, and we're going to look at verses 14 through 17. And it starts off by uh, giving us some background on what's happening. So it says, one day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus. Here's something weird to consider in relation to what we're reading here, just to expand our understanding a little bit more. These are disciples of John. In other words, they're learners. They're followers of John. And John the whole time has been talking to them about a kingdom that has now come. And John has been talking to them about another one. 
John put it this way. He said, he must increase. He says, I must decrease that he might increase. In other words, he's pointing them to Jesus. And so these guys who John has been teaching and talking to about Jesus come to Jesus, right? Sounds like it's a good moment, but it's not. Watch what they ask him. He says, why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? They're talking to the one that they've been pointed to and been taught about all this time, and they're missing something. Why? Watch why. Because they're focused on the old. So they say, why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with uh, old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. So get this picture. Get, get what's going on here. The disciples, these disciples, these disciples of John, they marveled. They marveled that those with Jesus didn't do things the way they did. In those days, it was common and expected of those who were known to worship God and seek God that they would fast often. So here's what's happening. They're questioning, why aren't you doing it the way it's always been done? Why aren't you doing normal? Why are you being weird? Why are you doing something different? Why are you bringing about something that isn't supposed to be the way we think it's supposed to be? Why you got to change things? And the gist of Jesus' response in these parables and these examples that he uses is that he came to do a new thing. But he came to do a new thing, to, to implement a new beginning that could not be put, that could not be mixed with old ways. Listen closely. Jesus came, and what God did by Christ was so that you and I can reap new life. But that new life does not fit in your old way of life. Let me put it to you this way. The old mindsets, the old beliefs that we have about ourselves. Some of us, we still think about ourselves according to where we once were. We still dwell upon old mindsets. We see ourselves defeated. We see ourselves as hurting. We see ourselves as broken. We see ourselves as forgotten. Some of us, we see ourselves through the relationship that we have with God, but we meditate and only think about the old. We, we, we dwell on how things were at one time at the expense of discovering what is available on a daily basis in a new life True. with Christ, True. right? For some of us, uh, we, 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 we rehearse 
uh, past experiences, memories. We defer to religious traditions. We uh, hold on to unforgiveness and hurts and trauma and fears and doubts. All those things are old. And I want you to consider what Jesus says. You don't put a new patch on an old piece of cloth. Because eventually that new patch, that old patch, that old uh, part, uh, piece of clothing will stretch and it will destroy the new thing. He says new wine is reserved for new wineskins. Listen to what Jesus is saying to you and I. The new things that I want to do only fit in the new you that is in Christ. And so to the extent that we understand and grow in our belief, in our faith, in who we now are in Christ, in what new thing has happened in us, to that extent that we understand that, to that extent we will see new life flow through our wineskin. We'll experience new life. Listen to the opinion of God in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And before we read this, I want to ask you a very personal question. Not one that I want you to tell your neighbor. uh, Not one that I want you to shout out. I want you to consider this and consider the impact of it. What old things might you be trying to fit into your new life? What old things are you trying to bring into the new thing that God is looking to bring to life in your life? Maybe it's, I don't believe in God. Maybe it's, but God, this prayer wasn't answered. Maybe it's, but God, I understand that you're going to do things this way. You know, sometimes we want things from God and we see those promises in his word but we want them to work out the way we want them. That's dangerous. You know why? Because what we're doing is we're trying to fit God into our mode of thinking. We have to allow for God's new life to flow in our lives, and that comes with a new perspective daily that's formed by his word. And so in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Watch this very important word. See. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now what's interesting about this, and I don't have time to get into this, but you study it on your own. Go back to Isaiah 43. If you read the verses before, The prophet is reminding the people of Israel of everything that God did. How he liberated them from their captors. How he called them out to to, uh, new lands, to, uh, to experience God in a different way. And watch what he says to them in Isaiah 18. He says, forget those things. Why? Because while I did that behind you, there's something better ahead of you. There's something more in store. The prophet was pointing to Jesus. He was pointing to this new life. And so Christianity is an ongoing journey with God to discover a new life. But to discover it day by day. To experience it afresh and anew every single day. 
There's a scripture that I love, and, and it's one of my favorite scriptures. I, I quote it every morning. I just meditate on it. One of the first things I tell myself when I'm getting out of bed is, this is the day that you have made, and I will rejoice and be glad. I'm going to tell you why I think on that scripture. Because it reminds me of the book of Genesis. When God created all things, his opinion of what he created was, it is good. And ladies, when it came to you, he said, it is very good. Right? Some of us guys, we need to know that. Right? But my point is this. Everything that God created is good. And so this is the day you've made, Lord. It's a good day. I expect good things. I look forward to good opportunities. I look forward to good relationships. I look forward to good experiences. I look forward to all that is good about the new life that's mine in Christ. I'm looking forward to it. It's good. It's good. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about life every day. And my goal is to max out every day in life. I want to max out in my relationships. I want to max out in my experiences. I want to max out in ministry. I want to max out in in reaching people and connecting with people and serving people. I want to max out to the max in everything in life. That's available when you understand you've got new life. New life every single day. But if you're still holding on to old things today, if you have a tendency sometimes to look back while trying to move forward and find yourself continually crashing, I want you to consider what God says about those things that you hold on to. Pay close attention to what God is saying to you today in Isaiah 43, 18. He says, forget the former things. Forget them. Forget them. Why? Because the former things have no value towards the new thing that God is bringing you towards, the new life. Listen, I want you to envision that every day you see life brand new. Listen, you take off those glasses, right, that have a, oh, actually they are dirty. You take off those glasses that, and and on those glasses you you see through, you know, uh, what you were told about God, right? You take those glasses and you, uh, you, you wipe off your hurts, right? You stop looking at yourself according to your, your habits, your hang-ups. You stop uh, looking forward to life according to what you've been told about your worth and your value, about that paycheck and, and how that makes you feel that you feel you're worth more and you don't make enough, whatever it is. You take those glasses and every day you wipe them off and you put on a new set of glasses based upon a new life. And I want you to envision that every day you see life anew, differently, better. You know, when you start seeing that way, guess what? You'll start living differently. You'll start seeing things differently that way. You begin to live differently. Your mind begins to change. Your opinion begins to change. Your expectation begins to change. That's the invitation to a relationship with God. Something brand new. You are something new. Listen, get to know the new you because as you know the new you, you'll know a new life. Forget the past. Forget what you see behind you. Reminds me of the people of Israel. In the book of Exodus, you can turn there if you want to Exodus 14. We'll touch on it in a second. Let me just give you a backdrop here. But the Bible recounts a time when the people of God left their bondage from a place called Egypt. They were slaves 
and they're finally free. And the thing is this, that the way God did it was, no, no, it was nothing short of miraculous. It was spectacular. God enacted some amazing, amazing miracles just to show them I'm God, I'm good, and I'm leading you to a land that flows with milk and honey is, is how God uh, described it to them. It's a good land. It's good opportunities. You're going to live in buildings that you never built. You're going to own homes that you never set, that you never paid for. You're going to reap what you didn't sow. So they leave with these great promises and they believe that they're called to something better than the enslavement and the entrapment of what was holding them down for over 400 years and so they leave Egypt and then they get to a point as they're traveling where they come to the Red Sea this huge ocean and they look at the ocean it doesn't quite make sense how they're going to get across but they also look behind at the past that's running towards them the Bible says that the people of Egypt they come to their senses quote unquote and they say what did we just do letting these people go? And Pharaoh says, get all the chariots, get the armies. We're going to get what's ours. That's kind of how our past can be sometimes. It comes back creeping up. It whispers in our ear. We remember things and we dwell on those things. And so the people of Israel get to this point. Let's read in Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 18. It says, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. And there were the Egyptians. Let me point something out to you. That while they looked up, they looked up to the wrong thing. All of a sudden, everything that God had done in their understanding was gone. They look up and all they're focused on is Egypt. Their past. And it says, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And so what's happening here? They're saying, we want normal. We want to go back. We were better off being whipped. We were better off under bondage and, and, and the crude uh, treatment that we were receiving. We were better off starving and have to finding, uh, having to find our own straw and materials to build bricks. That's where, that's where they got to at that point. Everything that God did and everything that God had said went out the window. Why? Because they were looking up, but they were looking back. They weren't focused on the new. And so watch verse 13. It says, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, will never, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. But then watch what, what Moses does. And we know this based upon the response of God. It says, then, Lord, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Why are you crying out to me? It says, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move forward, to move on. What is God saying? Hey, I didn't call you to look back. I didn't call you to stay here. 
I called you to move forward. And it was only when they decided to move forward that the Red Sea opened up. Some of us, we see roadblocks. We see lack of opportunity. We see challenges. And what we fail to realize is that it is until we step into new life daily that we begin to see those things that were once barriers begin, begin to be removed and they create paths for us to experience God's blessing and God's best. Open up the opportunity. Step into new life. Step into it. Step into it. Step into it. Man. If you're lamenting the former things and you're looking backwards, crying out to God, saying, God, do something about this. God, change this. But God, my past, but God, my hurt, but God, nobody sees me, but God, my opportunity, but God, when is, my, when is this going to happen for me? But God, but God, you know what God's response is? Stop crying and move forward. Stop crying and move forward. Stop complaining about your situation and move forward because it is ahead of us that the new life is available to us. Listen, the reason why God beckons us forward is because our new life in Christ is before us, not behind us. All that God wants to bring to pass in your life is ahead of you. Step into it. Listen, as you look to 2018, I want to encourage you. Really, really, really look to something new. Don't go, go, don't go into the new year while doing the same old things. While believing the same old way. While settling for the same old understanding of God. No, God loves you. God is for you. God wants you to succeed. God blesses you. God, God is with you. So why look behind when God is working ahead of you? Yeah. Amen. He's, cre- he's already opened the path before you. And so as we're closing here, I want you to consider a couple of things about the new, about these things that are all new. And if you're going to look to a new year and you're going to look to new life and you're going to look to change, just understand something that it starts with understanding the new thing that God has done in you. In you. If you don't know Jesus, hey, guess what? This is what's available to you right now. Let's take a look at what lies ahead of us, this new thing in us, in Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24 says, Put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Hey, can I ask you a question? Would you ever go to a restaurant and want order rotten food? No, you know why? I know this completely doesn't fit your understanding of how preachers preach. Let me tell you why I'm asking you that. Because I want you to see something about what the Bible's saying here. It says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt. That word corrupt there means decaying. It speaks of something that is dying away, that's rotten. And so watch what the Bible's saying about the former manner of life. It's saying it's decaying, it's dying, it stinks. It's of no value to you. It says, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, 
created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Watch what the Bible's saying here. That the new thing that God has done in you is just like Him. And because it's just like Him, it means that you're just like Him. And you can expect everything that's about Him in your life right now. Listen closely. You have a new identity. Why are you looking to an old one? Everything about you is brand new. You, you don't have to feel it. You may not see it with your physical eyes. You might struggle to accept that. But listen closely. God said to a people who knew him, forget the former things. I'm doing a new thing. In other words, this doesn't fit in your understanding of me. So just accept it and walk into the new. Listen closely. Everything about you in Christ is brand new. You are something that you've never seen, you've never experienced. And it opens the doors for you to experience new life. New life. New life. You have a new identity. You have a new path to follow. It's better. Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14 talks about this. It says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Notice that the road that leads to our destruction, everything fits. It's big and wide. You can bring it all with you. Listen, you can bring that old relationship and you can carry that with you. And you can bring a, your old uh, understanding of what God is and you, you can even carry some of those old things. And every day you approach life and here's what it looks like for you. Yep, this is my new life. I'm a new creation in Christ. God loves me. But you're holding on to former things. And the thing is that you're going down a path that's wide. And everything fits. But Jesus puts it this way. He says, don't go through that path. Go through the narrow one. Go through the narrow one. Watch what it says. It says, uh, for, uh, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. You know why it's narrow? Because there's no room for anything else except the new life that's yours in Christ. There's no room for anything else. Let it go. Let go of the past. Let go of all that. Embrace the new. Embrace what's new about you. Jeremiah 29, 11, very familiar passage of scripture. For those of you that you've heard this a million times, you grew up with it in church, I challenge you to hear it afresh, anew, something different. Watch what he says. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. You know why God saw it fit to make sure that the prophet Jeremiah brought this forth in this way? Where he says, plans not to harm you? Because the people of Israel had become convinced that God would destroy them. That God was somehow against them and they were afar off. And he says, my plans are plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Listen, you have a new future every day, day by day. Step into it. Enjoy God's best. This is why we should constantly be looking ahead. Paul puts it this way. He says, I pray that your eyes be open and that you would know the inheritance that's yours in the saints in Christ Jesus, that you would come to truly understand what is the power of God towards you. Because when you understand that, 
you'll see how great a life God has given you. You'll experience all the promises of God. You have a new future. Keep looking ahead. And lastly, as we close here in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. I'm reading from the Message Bible. It says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. You're no longer under bondage. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong right here. Hmm. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. And now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone, your foundation that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. Hey, listen. As you step out of the old, just remember that you're part of a new family in Christ. You belong to something greater. For some of us, when we think of family, that's a touchy subject. Maybe what you don't know is that God has provided you a completely brand new one. One that will serve to encourage you, to help you, to bless you, to help you grow and experience and learn new things and what this new life is all about. Notice what God says about what he's done in Christ and amongst his people. He says, you belong here. You don't belong in the old. You belong in the new life. A good life. A blessed life. As we close out today, I want you to consider where we first started today in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The old is gone. The new is here. Approach today and the rest of your life with a new set of glasses, with new vision. It's all brand new. And look forward to all that God is doing in your life with excitement. Embrace new life in Christ because all things are new. Let's discover it.